right, we're back for episode number three of The Family Path. Thanks for joining in with us. My name is Greg Bolowitz, and I am here with my wife, Jocelyn. And uh, Jocelyn, would you like to introduce our, our sponsor this week? We don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> we do not have a sponsor, but that's all right. It's only episode three. I didn't expect a sponsor yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you have been finding this podcast encouraging, and uh, if you would do us a solid and share it with your friends or tell somebody about it, we would greatly appreciate it. And uh, we appreciate everybody that has shared it so far and gave us such kind words. Um, but let's talk about last week. Why don't you recap for us um, what we talked about last week, kind of get some people, maybe some new listeners up to speed on where we're at. Yeah, so last week we covered why we want to um, encourage a rhythm of family prayer and just sort of center on prayer and how it exists and coincides uh, within family discipleship. And so if you didn't listen to that episode, I really want to encourage you to go back and do that, um, you know, especially as parents, but whether you have kids or not, you want to invest in a rhythm of, of prayer in your family um, to help encourage each other's relationship with God. Um, but also, especially if you have kids, you want to encourage your children's relationship with God and the setting this foundation of a rhythm of prayer would go so far beyond just our homes as they are today. And the hope and prayer would be that these would just be rhythms that we're instilling in our children that will go beyond our home into their homes and maybe even affect their kids one day. Yeah, and I think we really pulled out that it starts with uh, the parents or the spouse, you know, depending on whatever your family's circumstance is, whether you have children or don't have children, or if you're just a husband leading a wife, um, it starts with your own prayer life. So the rhythm's got to start with you. It's got to start somewhere, and it's got to start with you. So um, let's dig a little bit deeper into that. Let's dig in, dig into prayer just a little bit more heavily. And we're going to start with uh, our confidence. Like, why, why, do, why should we have confidence um, in prayer? Where does it come from? So why don't we start by reading Hebrews 4.16, and then we'll, we'll kind of just start talking about that. Okay, so Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It really is just such a beautiful scripture that just because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, it just exemplifies how we can not only just approach the throne of grace, that we can come to God directly, but that we can do it boldly and with confidence. And this is the approach, the demeanor that we can have with God in our prayer life. The conduit back to the creator, God the Father, has been opened up through the work of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So the confidence that we have isn't necessarily confidence that we deserve. Right. Confidence that we have comes from the righteousness of Christ that is imputed on us. You know, mm -hmm. the transfer that happened on the cross, um, the salvation that we have because of what Christ did for us. So in light of or looking through the lens of the cross, that's how we have confidence mm -hmm. to now go to the Father boldly, as you said, to the throne of grace, ask him for mercy, pray to him, seek him in our time of need. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we get to do um, in light of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Yeah, and even like you said, how... Um, it's not a confidence that we deserve in any way. 
if you even think about that, it's a confidence that not a lot of us even feel comfortable tapping into, Mm -hmm. you know, or even just praying in that confidence. Like you see all through Psalms, like how boldly like David does really approach God uh, and he lived before the cross. And like, I feel like a lot of us in our prayer life are very timid, you know? And so like, I think that's a lot of the purpose of this episode is to take this timidness um, and train it out of your kids or just start training them up in a way that they can go with confidence and boldly and understand like how they actually really yeah. can pray to God. Yeah. I, I love the the Psalms, like you mentioned, and David's boldness, his confidence to just put it out there. Right. To spill his emotions to God, to cry out to him and lament and joy and happiness Whatever he was experiencing, whatever circumstance of life he was in, he had confidence in prayer. And, right. and we have those recorded as, as psalms, and it's, a, it's just a good reminder because I don't think we necessarily think about that all the time. Right. We, don't, we don't realize that we are viewed through the lens of what Christ did. Mm-hmm. And like we get to come to God the Father because of what he did. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't see us as unrighteous. He right. sees us as righteous because of what Christ did for us and paying our sin debt. So now knowing that, like you have to know that right, to be able to boldly approach the father and be like, wow, I get to come back to my creator. Yeah. And I just want to add that I think that Psalms is a great place to start with praying through scripture and really learning how to pray through scripture because you will learn that confidence and that boldness. And then you realize that these are all prayers someone prayed before the cross of Christ, where you're coming with an assurance of the cross of Christ mm-hmm. in your corner. Like right. you said, you're just coming with that already knowing that God sees you as righteous because what Jesus has done. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i read First John 5, 14 through 15. Uh, it speaks again about confidence. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have we have their requests that we have asked of him. That's first John five, fourteen through fifteen. So again, we have we need to we need to have confidence taking our requests to God. Mm-hmm. And now we're we'll we'll kind of tease out a little bit about according to his will right. and our will. And it's not it's not that we don't have confidence taking our will to the Father. Um but I think as as we get into this podcast, we're going to see the example yeah. that Jesus Your lays confidence out. <laughs> in taking your will to the Father is going to come from knowing that in that time, God's going to work out his will in your heart as it is in his, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's the colliding of the wheels that really sometimes is worked out even during prayer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like the, the Spirit's just impressing on your heart while you're pouring your heart out and the two wills just they come to a crossroads and god's will will always win right you know your will will always yield to god's will in one shape shape or form um but jesus is the mediator so i wanted to, i want to hit that verse as well um why don't you read it for what is first timothy 2 5 yeah there is one god and there is one mediator between god and men the man christ jesus Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah, it is. There's one person that stands in between us and God, and that is Jesus, Jesus. Christ. Mm-hmm. So 
if Jesus is the conduit to God the Father, he's the one through his atoning work, um, he's the one that paid our sins, he's the one that was resurrected, everything is through Jesus Christ. Right. It was his death that tore the veil, that yes. opened the way for us to be able to go to this throne room yes. and to approach it. So then let's answer the question, how do we approach the throne of grace? Right. So we approach with boldness and with confidence because of what Jesus has done. Yeah. Um, but also I think that comes with a lot of humility, knowing that you aren't able to get there on your way and also that no one else made that way for you. So you always come in the name of Jesus to God. Yeah. And I think that's the important part. It's in Jesus. It's mm -hmm. in Jesus's name that we can come to the Father. And if we're beating a dead horse, good, because I'm, I'm intentionally beating that horse. Right. Um, because it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the, the, the separator or the difference between Christianity and any other religion in the world. I mean, it's what Jesus did for us that we have salvation apart from anything that we can do, apart from any of our works. It's what Jesus did. So we go through Jesus to get to the Father. And there's a lot. We both come from a different background. Right. Um, we both grew up Catholics. Mm -hmm. So in Catholicism, there's there's this idea that you can pray to saints. You can right. pray uh, to Mary that she has her own rosary beads like there's a whole list of and things. basically when you're praying to them your they you can make your request be known to them and then they would intercede to god on your behalf which we don't see anywhere in scripture right we see in scripture that jesus is the mediator jesus is the one interceding for us mm -hmm. on our behalf he's the mediator between man and god and it's really important to remember that's like one of those christian memory verses that you know everybody right. remembers because it's so stinking important to know right. that. So important to know that Jesus is the only way. So speaking of Jesus being our mediator, why don't we now turn to um, the example that Jesus gives. But before we actually get into the meat of how Jesus teaches us to pray, why don't, why don't you read what Jesus tells us not to pray like? Yeah, and I just want to reiterate, and we covered this a little bit last week, that if you feel discouraged, like, I have no idea how to pray, I just want to encourage you again that you're in good company because the disciples came to Jesus and they asked him, like, hey, John the Baptist, his disciples taught him how to pray. Could you maybe do the same thing for us? So we see that even they felt this need to learn how to, to pray from um, from Jesus, but it was typical that a rabbi in that day would teach their disciples yeah. how to pray. So It's no different than today. We, right. I mean, we need... We need modeled prayer. We right. need somebody to teach us how to pray. And thankfully, Jesus modeled that for us, which is exactly what we're going to go into. And then we're going to really probably take this at a very basic level, mostly because our um, we know like for some people, there's going to be this is coming from a place where they're not praying at all, where other people might be going much deeper. And that's totally awesome. But we want this to be able to go to a place where you can then take it and take it to your kids yeah. and not feel overwhelmed yeah. by it. Tangible. So. We want to make it practical and to our family. So go ahead. Matthew, why, don't you, why don't you read and uh, we'll see what not to do. Okay. And so Matthew <laughs> um, chapter six, verses five through eight. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the secret corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door 
and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Then he gets into the model. Yeah, then he says, pray like this. Then he gets into the... uh, the Lord's Prayer. So we we learn that we must not pray like the hypocrites. <laughs> we don't want to be a hypocrite. And Jesus is calling out the religious leaders, you know, in the context of this for the way that they pray. And he says that they love to pray in a way that they're recognized, mm-hmm. that they're seen by others. You know, there's no humility in, in that. They're they're like, think about r- maybe writing these these extraordinary prayers that are using big terms mm-hmm. that make them look even more religious than they are, real pious, and and they want people to look at them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want. He doesn't they're want boasting to, in their they're religion. Boasting in their prayer. Right. They, he's not. They're not doing anything that is glorifying to God. They're trying to glorify mm-hmm. themselves. What else do we see here? Well, and I would say too, because you can read this and be like, okay, so I shouldn't. Pray, I can't pray too long. Um, you know, I can't pray too short or whatnot. I think that the main point behind this is not how long you're praying or where you're praying, because I think that we're called to pray in public, just like we are called to pray in our room and both are glorifying to God. I think the bigger picture behind this is the heart that you bring to prayer is what God cares about. Right. So a heart that is centered on God is glorifying to God and is a good prayer. A heart that's centered or centered on man looking for man to exalt the one who's praying is not a good prayer. Yeah. And I think that exaltation is the reward that he's talking about. He's Mm -hmm. like, they've received their rewards. If you want to pray like that and you want to be glorified and make yourself look smart, Great. You've received your reward in that. Right. Like you've you've got the glory then. Like yeah. in that moment you. when people were moment, boasting about how off or awesome your prayers are. listening, you got your reward. Right. So I think that's important. But what else do we see here? We see that we need to go rather than standing on the street corner. So right. this is in contrast to what not to do. He's saying go into a private room, shut the door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who is in secret, he will reward you. Yeah, because that's a place where you're literally getting nothing else other than time alone with God. No one knows about it. Um, And it's just you pouring your heart out to God. So if man's not there to recognize you, I think it's just a very humble place to, to find yourself. But I think it's also one of the harder places that we find ourselves as a Christian. Um, I think for a lot of us, we get caught up in this, um, praying through our day, you know, oh, I'm driving through the car or driving in the car to go to work or whatever. I'm going to pray for my day. Or even like I I try to, when people text me or or whatever about needing a prayer request, like I'll try to say, yes, mostly because I'll I'll forget. forget. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that um, there's something to be said for this private prayer life. And I I just have to say in my own life, this is where God has worked out the most things in my life when I've actually submitted to getting alone with God, sitting there with no other distractions and just pouring my heart out to him. I think this is the most challenging thing for us to do in in Mm -hmm. American culture because we're so busy and there's so much information like not I'm not just saying like social media and TV and stuff like that, but like there's information thrown at us all day and we are just so distracted right. by sports by life by this by our jobs by social media this that i mean it's every which way so being intentional to take time sit in a quiet place in a quiet room by yourself by yourself mm-hmm. 
and and meet God. Boldly approach that throne of grace and ask him for what you need. Like, that's the hardest thing to do. Why? Because it takes time, it takes intentionality, and it's difficult in our context in in America. And I mean, I'm not just going to speak for America, but across the world too. I mean, it's, it's, it's human nature to be against that. And it, it, I think you need to realize you're going to fight a lot of distractions. I feel like um, when I try to do this, the very first thing I say is, Lord, help me to just turn my eyes from looking at other things, my thoughts from hearing other things, and just focus on you. And so one practical encouragement that I can give to you that has worked for me and may or may not work for you is throughout my day or throughout my week or if something is weighing heavy on me, I'll try to make a list, even if it's just a bullet point, because I know that all the situations around my day may have hindered that time. You know, my, I might be feeling differently about certain things or just feel like I don't have the time to go through it. So if I just make a list of things that I want to intentionally like seek God in, in that time, it helps me be more fruitful in it. And it make, it fills my prayer time with more words and just more, you know, a better communication with him rather than just sitting there empty saying, yeah. oh, okay, I don't know. Cause I really wasn't that prepared. Not that you always have to be, cause certainly you're going to come, in emotional states and just pour yourself out yeah. and need more I think of that. For me, I would so if anybody listening has a rambling mind, like guilty, like I will be is not a planner. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mind goes a million miles per minute. Like it's one thing to the next. Uh Jocelyn can attest for that. And and what I would suggest doing, I think what helps for me is like praying through Psalms. Like I will read a psalm and then I will keep my eyes open and I will just reread it, but like be praying it, praying the attributes of God or whatever's mm-hmm. in that psalm. I'm like turning it into a prayer and it's it's keeping my my mind busy in a sense mm-hmm. to continue in that prayer. And the prayer is great because one, I'm not even writing it <laughs> because right. it's written in his word already and I'm just applying it and and things just come out and it it. it it sinks in your heart and then th- other things come out. I just think it's a great way to get Yeah, I've definitely through. seen that come out really well in you where I feel like I don't do as well in that. But And I just want to say, like, you don't have to feel like you have to read this psalm and pray about what the psalm is. Like, I've been with him when he's doing this. And, yeah, he'll start off praying with it, but then sometimes he'll go on these, like, rabbit trails because of something that that um, brought to his attention that he'll start praying about. Um and that's exactly that's exactly what he's trying to do. It's just clear his mind by reading that, and then um, yeah, whatever comes to mind, he focus on God and His Word, and then just whatever the Spirit provokes out of me, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pray about you know. Right. I'm, I don't know. My mind's cluttered. <laughs> it's so cluttered. Um, okay. Well. Okay. We have the we have the don't do this contrasted with go do this, and now we have another don't do this. So. What does he say about the Gentiles? What do the Gentiles do? They lift uh, up what? Yeah, a lot of words. They lift up empty, empty, empty phrases, mm-hmm. uh, be heard by their many words. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just kind of like um, what we hit upon on, in the very beginning with the hypocrites. Hypocrites were doing and how they wanted to glorify themselves. Like, yeah, just don't up, don't just pray about empty things, shallow things. Um, I want to tread really lightly here in how I say this because. Um, this is exactly what we're trying to instill in our kids mm-hmm. is to not um, pray these empty phrases. With that being said, our younger kids, even our older kids still, they pray a lot of empty phrases that we encourage 
because what we're trying to do is just get them comfortable with talking and praying and whatnot. Right. But the whole point of... It's like anything else. Like, you're not going to ask your kids to be speaking these uh, grammatical words that are just a 12th grade level. Right. Like, they're, they're a baby. Right. You know, they need... They need we just don't want right to leave them with empty phrases. And so what we want to do is we want to take this, and we hope that by the end of this episode, you'll feel a little more encouraged and equipped to help them to go a little bit deeper and to keep a God-centeredness to their prayers. And that's not going to start from the beginning, but it will be modeled in how you pray in front of them. Um, and we're just really encouraging growth through prayer. So obviously when they're really young, like our three-year-old, she barely gets out, thank you, God, you know, yeah. and that that's it. So there's a lot of empty phrases, but we're trying to help that their prayer life mature beyond these empty phrases. And I, I think it even speaks, you know, don't heap up empty phrases. Do not be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. It's like, don't don't beat around the bush with yeah. God. Like, he knows what you need. You don't need to, like, lift And he up. already knows what you're thinking. Yeah. He, he knows yeah, what you want to ask for. Yeah. He knows what you want to ask for. So just, like, boldly approach him. And, right. and don't beat around the bush with empty phrases. And, like, ah, maybe if I pray this way, then I'll kind of still still hear what i want yeah <laughs> just be direct with him that's what david did yeah and he he boldly approached him that's what? why i would just keep putting you back to psalms yeah. like if you feel like oh i can't say it this way when you realize how david prayed to god like you're gonna feel like okay freedom yeah so and then remembering you come in jesus's blood and his righteousness yes. not your own you're gonna feel you have this confidence to go with one thing that i did want to mention uh that i i think you do well and um it's when you go pray and you get you have that intentional time uh, of prayer. Like sometimes our our kids will be like, oh, can I come downstairs, mom, and pray with you? Yeah. And I think you do a good job and you let them come. Um, maybe not for the whole prayer. And I think I think there's a time and place for that. Like obviously as a Christian, you need to have that that dedicated time. But I think there's a, a great it's a great thing to do to bring your kids into that private place mm -hmm. because you're bringing them alongside of you in prayer for them to learn how to pray in private. Right. You know, like you're just, you're holding their hand and just showing them what you're doing. Now, granted, you're getting into a private place to pray and pray your heart out. And some of those things that you might want to pray for is one about your children. Right. <laughs> right. And two about things that aren't, you know, child appropriate necessarily you know what i mean so but yeah i think you do a good job at you know in the beginning or, or halfway through your prayer, you're like yeah you can come down with me and you pray a little bit and then you usually send them back up so right. you still get a little bit of prayer and i think it's just it's inviting them into that relationship that you're having um for them to to witness your private prayer with god I think it's yeah awesome. and i think i think it's something that we should all think about doing yeah i think it definitely encourages their relationship and then also just encourages them to know what what you're doing when you walk away to actually see like oh she didn't really take anything else she took her bible like she's literally just going to sit down here and then when you're gone for a while like yeah they yeah. just see that it's just building the rhythms that we've talked but i don't about think already. you should ever feel bad about like okay how am i going to send them away like i i, I cap them off i'm like okay you can yeah. sit with me we'll pray and i'll pray through what you don't want to necessarily do is change how you're praying as if like you need to teach how to pray that's right. like empty, that's like lifting up those right, empty right. phrases mm -hmm. like just be raw in front of your kids so they know and they see like they kids have this uh, funny yeah. uh, ability to see right through like right. fakeness like yeah. 
you're not going to fake them out. So it's just a great opportunity. I would encourage you to try it if you don't, haven't done that, and um, try it out. But so we, we've talked about what not to do, how to do it, go in the private room, what not to do with the Gentiles, and knowing that God already knows what you need. So let's see what Jesus models prayer like, and then let's glean some things from that. At a, at There's a, that glean again. Ah, two episodes two. in a row. I'm going to try to hit it every single time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, you know, the the best part, well, I don't want to say that. You know, the most interesting part of the prayer is not even the prayer for me oh, okay. because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I like to get in people's faces is the pray then like this, like there's a command, like. You should be praying, right? Like, yeah. uh, open your mouth and yeah. pray. Like, mm -hmm. Jesus is praying in front of others. So pray in front of others. Don't be, don't be timid. Be, be confident in your prayer. Like, open your mouth. Yeah, and pray. Yeah, it's obviously something that you're not going to just start feeling comfortable with. But the more you do it, the more you will feel comfortable. Obviously, I think what you're talking about is more when you're you're praying with other people, because at many times, like God is going to ask you to pray with other people to encourage mm -hmm. them, um, just to plant a little seed for them. Um, but more than anything, when you pray out loud together in your family time, you're encouraging your kids and helping them to get comfortable in praying out loud so that this isn't weird to them. Right. Um, and we talked about that like last you, episode. You really expect your children to pray if you won't pray. Yeah, if you're and if they don't see you doing it in front of other people, they're going to be much more timid Absolutely. in doing that as well. Because they're going to come am, in your faith before they'll come I'm in their trying own. I'm trying not like – I'll get – you know, you, you, you wrestle with, okay, there is anxiety. Like I do. I understand that people have like some serious social mm -hmm. anxiety. What I say to that is in your private prayer, when you're, you're seeking God in that private room – you better go to war with with that anxiety mm -hmm. in terms of like, Lord, I just want to pray for you to be glorified. I want to mm -hmm. open my mouth. I know John Piper has like a serious uh, yeah, he did. story mm -hmm. about this. Like he couldn't talk at all. Um, in front of people. In mm -hmm. front of people at all. Look at the guy. Like he was delivered from this. I just think like if you can't pray in front of people, start praying in private to mm -hmm. him and and include that in your prayer to get over that anxiety, get over the temptation to shrink back and not boldly approach a throne with the confidence that you have through Jesus. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm always, I don't know, I'm hard on people sometimes and they, you either love times. it or you hate <laughs> it. <laughs> sometimes you run, but I, I've just seen so many good things happen when you push through, like so many when breakthroughs. When I will say... That or, people are just like, man, I'm praying now because Craig's really mean. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. I do think a lot of the opportunities that God has given me over the last 10 years have just been places that I could come in and pray for people. And I'm not talking about like where I felt like, okay, I could just walk away and pray for you. But where I just felt like God was saying like, no, 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 don't go anywhere. Like I want mm -hmm. you to actually do this right now. Like this is going to really drive the point home a lot more. And that felt really awful for a long time. Um, 
But then I, I think like how much God is glorified in that, that somebody is willing to do that or feel so Absolutely. confident in, in prayer. So you yeah. remember the first time, like when we were getting saved yeah. and, uh, pastor came to our business and remember I was, he prayed for us at the end. Like, I didn't know this guy at all yet. Like yeah. it was, it was, uh, he would be a, a great person in my life, a great encouragement and a great shepherd, but he would, he prayed for me after meeting me for the first time. And I was kind of telling him about life and he's praying. I'm, I called you and I was like, uh, he prayed for us. I was like, he oh, okay prayed for us. Like, <laughs> you're like, no, out I'm loud, like, like right there. I'm going to like pull this up on it. Cause we had like security footage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to pull this up and show you like, he prayed for me. Like, why, why would he do that? And it was really in that moment that I was like, I think we're really missing something, something. here. Yeah. Like, I definitely think when you came I'm home not that sure night. I'm not sure what just yeah. happened, but this stranger prayed for me and he has no skin in the game for my life. Like I, I'm yeah. not, sh- I'm not sure. I was like mind blown. And it's really from that point on is the trajectory and now yeah. I'm a pastor. Like, it's just unbelievable. Like, and we're saved. And It's funny because that was, that's one of the, you're like a not very, nothing really surprises you. You don't really get. I was blown away. You really were. Like, when you called me and then, like, you you talked about it for years afterwards. Like, how that like, was just a pinnacle a point for you. pastor came by. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. But that really changed so much for us. It really did. So. I'm thankful for him. But let's get into the model of prayer and stop rambling here. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. Kick it off. So I think that the there's three main things that we see in in this, and obviously you can go a lot deeper, but in Jesus's prayer that he lays out, first, I just want to make a quick note, like between Matthew and Luke, the accounts that these are recorded in, they're not recorded the same exact way. So I don't think that Jesus's intention is for us to just pray this prayer, these exact words and walk away, but rather this really is meant to be a model. So what we see is that, um, there's adoration, there's praise for God. That's the first thing that Jesus does when he says, our father in heaven, like he's saying, God, you're in heaven, which is just lifting him up. Hallowed be your name. Your name is honored. Yeah. Like he's, he's giving praise and adoration to God. Then he acknowledges subjection to his will. Like your kingdom come, your will be done. So he's not praying for his own will in that situation. And then, I mean, that even speaks right into what he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. Right. Right. His, there's another way, God, but let your will be done. And that's like an example you, of how you see Jesus like saying, this is my will. Can you take that into account? But your will be done in that. And I think we just really need to lean on trusting the Lord with all our hearts, not leaning on our own understanding in these things, just acknowledging him. He'll make straight our path. And that path is going to be worked out in how we come to his will. And we have to just submit ourselves to that. Um, and then the last thing we see that he asks three things from God, not that these are the three things you need to ask, but basically there was adoration, subjection to his will, and then he asked things of God. He asked for his daily bread, he asked for forgiveness, and then he asked for help with temptation. So I mean, there's so much to pull out of those last three things. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the daily bread, like, it's funny because Jesus isn't telling you to ask for your yearly bread. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what do you need today? Right. Start and how we're starting a day with prayer. Like, what do we need today? Let's not worry about and have anxiety about. Don't worry about oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow will yeah. worry about itself. Yeah, exactly. What do you need today? That's what Jesus wants mm-hmm. you to think about. Mm-hmm. To forgive us of our debts based on how we other how we forgive yeah. other people. You know, like, this was a, a huge thing podcast. for me. For I just I have to say this because um, 
growing up Catholic, I recited this prayer every night because as Catholics, that's no what you do. Word right. You been. weren't <laughs> you weren't encouraged to just have this free prayer life with God. Like you prayed um the Lord's Prayer. And so I would pray the Lord's Prayer over and over and I was dead in my sin at that time, harboring a lot of unforgiveness. And every night I was just heaping this up to God, just heaping coals on my head, just saying, Hey, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. And I wasn't forgiving anyone because yeah. I was never actually encouraged to understand this. And a lot of this was on me. You know, I was just blind. I was dead in my sin. But um we try to really hone in on this because like we've taught our kids about the Lord's Prayer, but to have this understanding that like there are things that can hinder your prayers and not forgiving someone somehow plays into that. And so you need to come with the right heart. Again, it, it goes back to the heart posture right. in prayer. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's all throughout this. So let's, let's kind of wrap things up. Let's talk about a couple of those things. So you, you, uh, you nailed it. Um, hindering prayer. Right. Mm -hmm. what, what do you want to talk about in terms of I think of that? like, I don't, I don't think we started talking about this and we got into, really, <laughs> we got into a really big theological debate that I'm not really interested in getting in. But I think the, the main point is just to understand we want to first have our kids have prayers that are pleasing in the sight of God. And I, I use that very loosely because all prayer is pleasing to God. He desires to hear right. all, all of our, um, wants and desires, and he wants to hear all of it. But if we just look at Colossians 3.17 and where it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's really easy to look at our actions and to say, okay, in what we're doing right now, am I doing that in the name of Jesus? Am I doing that in a way that exalts Jesus? The point of us going through those three points with this was really to say, okay, when we put in Jesus's name at the end, we're sort of putting like, are not are these pleasing to God, but are these in line with the life, the ministry, the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Like, do our do our prayers hold some oomph to that? You know what I mean? And so I just really want to say superficially, like, that's what we're trying to do with our kids is to put some God-centeredness to their prayers. And that's the maturity that I'm talking and about. And I think that's, I mean, that's the, um, that's where we can err in terms of not shepherding our kids in a, in a godly way for prayer. Meaning, we can, we can let we can continue to let our kids treat God as a genie, mm -hmm. like I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I want this, and do this for me, and that's it. And like, right. and I think as parents we can be like, oh, I'm just I, I'm thankful that they're praying. But if we can kind of take what Jesus modeled. And, and spew that into our kids a little bit and kind of start shaping their prayer life in a way, right. I think that glorifies God. And I think their prayer life will be m just more productive in a sense right. for how Jesus taught well, us to pray. And in John 14, um, 3 through 14, I don't want to go through the whole verse, but Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do the works that I, did, that I do. And then he goes on to say, um, whatever you ask my name, I will do. Of course, we know this is all subject to God's will, and God is going to work that all out as he conforms us into the image of Jesus, and he works his will in our lives. But he starts out by saying, whoever believes in me will also do the works I do. So like our works, our intentions, our hearts are going to start to really be God-centered. So then our prayers are going to start to be God-centered. Yeah. yeah, I think in our life, like, I, I preached about this once. It, it, it was kind of quirky. But, like, literally, like, in your life, everything that you do, think in your mind, in Jesus' name. 
Right. Like, uh, like you open a door for somebody, and you're like, in Jesus' name. You cut off somebody in traffic, mm-hmm. you're like, in Jesus' name, and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it just is such an easy way to convict yourself really quickly if you're acting in the will of God or if you're mm-hmm. acting in your will by just attaching in Jesus' name. Um, right. One and time. I want to encourage you, like, to bring all of those things and still pray them in Jesus's name, but just come with this posture of like, okay, I'm going to pray this because this is really on my heart, but I don't think this is glorifying to you. Then say that and oh, let absolutely. him work it out. Let him you work know? it out. That's that's meeting him in that private space. I mean, yeah. the whole that's the whole premise behind the, the what the Christian movie War Room, like yeah. getting alone with God and just going to war. Uh, yeah. You know, an internal war struggle letting your will fight against God's will and like just letting and submitting to him. Right. And that's war. It, it's, that's takes a lot of heart. <laughs> okay. So f- quickly before we talk about the hindrances of prayer, I just want to say, cause this c- could seem really overwhelming. Like with our kids, we are trying to train them to have their own like Bible and prayer time in the morning for like some of our, some of our older kids who can at least read the Bible. And so we have these prayer cards that we made up. And like I have pictures underneath, three pictures, and above it is just the tiny words. And so the first one is praise. It's just to remind them, give God praise for something. The next one is forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness for any sins um, or any sins of anyone else that you know about. And then help. Okay, now go to God and ask him for help with your things. And so that's just, uh, we don't Very say. basic, simple right. We don't write formula. out what to pray. We just give them words as guidance to like, this will help keep some God-centeredness. And keep a model that Jesus sort of. And uh, we'll make that. So you've you've made those and you can print them out. We'll put them on the website somewhere. Maybe yeah, we just them. laminate them for the kids and yeah. we just use it as a bookmark in their Bible. Yep. And then we tell them when They're you're done with your Bible it. reading, you just take pray your card and, and pray it. They, you don't even have to read because you can kind of, the images kind of speak exactly what to do. Right. Um, in terms of hindrances, I think we've hit, uh, you know, right. superficially, I think we've hit it because we're at almost 40 minutes here. Yeah. Um, maybe another podcast at another time we can talk about that. Um, I think the big thing is uh, they're all centered around your heart. Yeah. That, uh, that's where we, yeah. need, that's where ultimately where we wanted to land. Like if, if you're not going to God uh, with the right heart, or if you are in some like serious habitual sin that you're not willing to repent of, like logically thinking. Right. Is your are your prayers going to be like hindered in any such way? Right. Like, I think yes, because you're not operating in the will of and God. And then just always honing in, like there is always grace in Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. like God always desires for you to repent of that and to bring it full circle. Repentance is godly sorrow, not worldly sorrow. So, mm-hmm. um, repent, continue to pray, seek Him, and uh, go about it. Yeah. I think that's where we'll wrap it up today. If you have any questions for us. Or topics. Or topics. Don't questions. say questions. We don't want to put yeah, that out there. Yeah, like, yeah we're, <laughs> oh, we're going to go through them, believe me. <laughs> but if you have any topics that you want to hear us to talk about or any questions for us, please go to thefamilypath.org and uh, you can shoot us a little message there and we will... Yeah, under our contact us. Under our contact us, and uh, you can ask us a question there, and we'd love a little bit of help on topics here to keep this going and um, continue to share. But other than that, signing off. That's the end of episode three. We'll see you next time. See ya.